Out to the KDUS hotline we go. For a preview of tonight's game, we're now joined the sports by Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And Ray, always good to have you on the show. Let's go back to week one, the 30-7 home loss to the Niners. What surprised you the most in that game? Well, I mean, I can't single one thing out. I mean, to me, Kenny Pickett and that offense, they were pretty darn good in the preseason. Uh, Kenny and the first-team offense were on the field for five drives in those three preseason games, and they scored five touchdowns. So there were expectations that that offense would be much better. But, you know, when you look at the defense, too, I mean, this, this Steelers team is, is built around its defense. You know, C.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Minka Fitzpatrick. They, they expect to be a top-ten defense in the NFL, and then they had the 49ers come in and do whatever they wanted on them, run the ball, throw the ball, you name it. They were outclassed in every facet. So, you know, Bob, that's the challenge going in to this game on Monday night. Uh, can you rectify – uh, what went wrong on the defense, and then you include the fact that Cam Hayward got hurt, and then can you get more out of the offense too? So they got some big challenges against the very good Browns team that's coming in here. Okay, so kind of use some coach speak here. What do you think is most correctable from that game heading into tonight? You know, even though Cam Hayward is out, um, I still think the defense is going to be what carries this team this season. Um, so I, I expect T.J. Watt to have a big game tonight. I expect the secondary uh, to play much better. So I think if the Steelers are going to win this game, I think it's going to have to be low scoring. Um, Their offense is going to be improved this year, but I think based on what we saw last week, I still think there's some major steps and some major improvements that have to take place. So until that happens, Bob, I think they have to lean on their defense. And I think that means, um, you know, a big game tonight for them if they want to win it. Okay, you've been around Mike Tomlin for many seasons now. How did he react, and was his reaction different than some of the rough losses in the last few seasons? No. uh, Mike is very good um, after losses, especially after bad losses. I think there's a stat out there. After they lose by 20 points or more, they are 10-2 and two under Mike Tomlin. So his message is, is the same, win or lose. Um, they did get back to some of the basics. They had a lot of communication problems on defense last week. I think those things are very correctable. So, um, you know, Mike Tomlin's message um, is going to be the same, and um, he has a way of having his teams bounce back. Now, I, I will add this. Um, they've gotten off the bad starts. Like in three of the past five years, really four of the past five years, they've been like one in three, one in four. Um, last season they got off to a bad start too. So it doesn't necessarily happen right away. So this is a team that never really is out of playoff contention, but that's something you got to watch for tonight. Was that a one-week aberration last week, or is it going to be slow moving here in September again until they find a way to get a turnaround in October, November, and December? Kenny Pickett, uh, 46 pass attempts last week, a couple of picks, only 232 yards with all those pass attempts. That's not a real good ratio. Uh, so what's your evaluation of the passing game, You know, not just last week, but moving forward and apparently for a while without DeAndre Johnson is, uh, is one of their top receivers? 
Yeah, Deontay Johnson's going to miss tonight probably more more than just one game, too. So, um, you know, Kenny Pickett's going to have to lean on George Pickens. George Pickens had 800 yards and four touchdowns last season as a rookie. Everyone's expecting him to take a big jump in year two. So we'll see if that's maybe jump-started a little bit. Maybe he becomes the number one receiver uh, a little quicker than anticipated. So uh, Kenny's going to have to lean on his best playmaker, and George Pickens is his best playmaker. Um, you know, for, for the Steelers, um, even though they believe Kenny Pickett is going to be a much different player in year two than he was as a rookie, they still have to have a much more efficient running game in place in order to put him in positions to succeed. He's not going to be one of these prolific passers who throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns every game. That's just not who he is. Um, they got to get Najee Harris in the running game going. they got to be more balanced than they were last week. You mentioned it. 45 pass attempts, only 10 rushing attempts. That can't be their offensive identity. They're going to be more balanced, more 50-50 in the run-pass ratio. And then if I do that, I think Kenny Pickett will be in better positions to move this offense. Okay, so Matt Cannon is the offensive coordinator. You know, that differential pass and run you mentioned. Yeah, but a lot of that was they were chasing points from the start. Uh, you know, how would they prefer to actually, you know, have a offense that is, is productive and, 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 and just, you know, basically gives them a better chance to win? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, you go back to last season, I don't know if they ever had an offensive identity. I think late in the season – you know, I think they found it. You know, the running game got much better. They were playing in low-scoring games. Defense was coming through. And I think that's who they have to be again this season. Um, so does that mean you have to come out and run the ball, you know, early in the first quarter? No. You know, the NFL is, um, you know, a lot of times if you, you – Whoa. Okay, we'll try to rehook up with Ray here. Yeah, get him back in just a second. Yeah, certainly. Uh, if, yeah, like, than they were last year. Oh, he's back. Okay. Hey there, Ray. Good. Uh, we lost you there for a couple of minutes. Uh, you know, back to the Canada thing again. Um, you know, just uh, you know, how much of that was chasing points? You know, they just kind of got, yeah. got out of whack, and, and it, so. Needless to say, was that the majority of it, or just uh, they don't want to sit back there and wing it like that every game? Obviously, no, absolutely not. And you know, you get behind twenty to nothing. You know, twenty minutes into that game, that dictated the way the rest of that game was going to go. But you know, really, for Kenny Pickett to have a lot of success, I do think they have to get the running game going earlier in games. I think Matt Canada needs to do a better job of doing that. Uh, but again, you're right, Bob. Uh, you know, last week, pretty tough to call a game as a as a play caller when you're down by that many points so quickly. Ray Fittipaldo, the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, crowing the sports zone, previewing tonight's uh, Steelers and Browns game. The offensive line uh, expected to be better. Maybe last week's not exactly the best test because that Niners front is pretty good. Uh, so how would you evaluate the offensive line and what you expect moving forward? Yeah, well, Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada both addressed that issue this week because none of the Steelers' linemen graded out very well according to pro football focus. But when you put a fine-tooth comb to it and you bake in that they were forced to pass protect 
and pass rushers like Joey Bosa, um, Armstead, Javon Hargrave, they were in positions knowing the Steelers had the pass. That's really difficult to, to sit back there and to protect your quarterback for, um, you know, basically 80% of the play calls. Um, so that was a difficult thing, difficult circumstances. We should point out three of those five sacks came, I think, on the final drive when it was clearly desperation time. So all in all, not a terrible performance from the offensive line. But again, like everyone else on that offense, they got to be much better going forward. Najee Harris, his numbers were down last year compared to his first year or so. Uh, what do you expect out of him, and how might that, you know, Warren uh, is you know, maybe I think it's accurate to say a more explosive runner. How might that running back distribution work out? Yeah, I think they're probably going to go about 70-30 in favor of Najee Harris. Uh, he's the number one pick. Jalen Warren's an undrafted free agent. Um, you know, they, the, the way they want to run their offense, they want to work horse like Najee Harris. Um but Jalen Warren, as you mentioned, is a very explosive runner. Um, he's a different type of a runner than Najee Harris. Uh, a little bit more explosiveness to his game. Really good receiver out of the backfield, too. So there are ways that they can infuse Jalen Warren into this offense and have him be a factor. But I think for the most part, if you tune in tonight and watch this game, um, you know, if they run the ball 25 times, I think you'll see Najee Harris. It's 17 or 18 of those carries. So let's flip this to the defense. You know, T.J. Watt, you've seen a lot of difference makers over the years for this uh, Steelers defense. What separates him from the other guys? Yeah, I mean, there's only a few players in this league like T.J. Watt. You know, Nick Bosa is one of them. Micah Parsons is another. I know people probably watched that Cowboys-Jets game yesterday. He, he was a force, and <laughs> You know, that's what C.J. Watt does every single week. He might not move around the formation the way Micah Parsons does, but he creates just as much havoc um, as Parsons or as Miles Garrett or any of these elite, um, you know, edge rushers slash linebackers do. So he's a terrific player, had three sacks um, in the opener against the 49ers. He is facing a rookie making his first start tonight in DeWan Jones out of Ohio State, so that's certainly going to be a matchup that uh, people are going to watch tonight on Monday Night Football. Speaking of Ohio State, you mentioned Cam Hayward uh, out for a while. Uh, how do they try to compensate for his absence? Well, you can't replace him. Even at the age of 34, he was still playing at a very high level. So they're going to have to do it by committee. They've actually drafted a lot of defensive tackles um, in the middle rounds the last couple of years. And guys like Keanu Benton, who was the number 48 overall pick this year, he's got to come through. The Marvin Leal was a third-round pick last season. They're going to ask him to do more. And Isaiah Loudermilk was a fifth-round pick back in 2021, and he's got to come through as well. So um, to answer your question, they're not going to replace him with one player. They're going to do it with a bunch of different players, and hopefully they can find – some sort of a rotation, some sort of a rhythm among that trio where they can, um, you know, hopefully fill the gap and, um, and uh, help the Steelers, um, you know, do what they got to do to win football games. But I should point out, Cam Hayward, I think he played 12 or 15 snaps, uh, but the 49ers ran all over them to the tune of 188 yards. So first and foremost, 
they got to find a good run stopper who can play in the base defense, uh, a guy who won't allow that to happen again. Talking with Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Okay, how do they match up or how will they try to match up against Deshaun Watson and the Browns uh, tonight? Well, uh, we just talked about it. you got to stalk uh, Nick Chubb. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL at 1,525 yards rushing last season. They kept him contained in their victory against the Browns last year, and he got loose and kind of hurt them in the game that they lost to the Browns. Um, so it's not going to come down to one thing, but if I had to simplify it, one thing to watch tonight, if the Steelers can hold Nick Chubb around that 80 or 90-yard mark, um, limit his carries, limit his exposure in that game, I think he'll have a chance to win. But if he gets up over 100 yards and they can control the football like they like, they just like to do, um, I think you noticed last week Deshaun Watson only had 154 yards passing. So if the Browns can play the brand of football they want to play um, and Nick Chubb can get over 100 yards, it might be a long night for that Steelers defense. Okay, let's flip this to the other side. We talked about the Steelers offense a little bit already, but you know, last week the uh, Browns defense dominated the Bengals in week one. I'm not sure that was as big a deal as I thought at the time after watching the Bengals again yesterday. Uh, but you know, what about that Browns defense is the biggest issue for the Steelers tonight? Well, yeah, new, new defensive coordinator and Jim Schwartz, and he's moving Miles Garrett around the formation a little bit more than they've done previously. Um, and, you know, you'll see him in the middle over the center. You'll, of course, see him aligned over the tackle on the outside as a classic edge rusher. So they have to be aware at all times where Miles Garrett lines up and where he rushes. That's the number one thing. Number two is they love to play man-to-man on the outside and uh, force your receivers to beat them in one-on-one coverage. So if guys like George Pickens can have a big night, um, Steelers will make some plays. If they don't, again, uh, they're, they're, they're going to be in a situation where they're going to have to lean on their running game to get it done. So Jim Schwartz is a familiar name um, in AFC football, former coordinator with the Titans. The Steelers have played against him a bunch over the years, and now he's putting a new twist on that Browns defense. And for one week at least, as you pointed out, it was very good against the Bengals. Yeah, I realize it's week two, but starting zero and two at home would not be good. I don't want to use the term must win, but what's the level of urgency for Pittsburgh to win tonight? Well, it's pretty darn close. I mean, if you go back and look since the merger in 1970, teams that start 0-2 have a 10% chance to make the playoffs. Now, you know, the last couple seasons, you factor in 17 games, even if you want to bump that up to, like, say, 12% because you have an extra week to make it up, it's still very steep odds to come back and to play in the postseason. So um, the Steelers are used to this. They've had some slow starts, as we mentioned at the top. It's the last thing they want to do this year. 1-1 one and one is much easier to overcome than 0-2, oh especially if you would drop your first two at home. So huge game tonight at Akershore Stadium. Uh, the Steelers are badly in need of a W. So who wins tonight? I've got the Browns. I, I kind of I, I've seen this movie before with the Steelers. Um, they are classic slow starters for the last couple of years. I do eventually think they'll they'll become a 500-ish type of team, but 
but I got the Browns winning tonight, 31 to 9. Ray, always fun talking to you. I appreciate it as always. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Appreciate it. Ray Fittipaldo of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette.